Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Point to the logo on my chest and tell them. Slam me, A-go. Slam me, A-go. Slam me, A-go. Slam me, A-go. Hit it up hard. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 308 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here. Thank you so much tuning in here on this Friday morning. Uh, it's around 10.30 as I'm talking here. Uh, a lot to cover here. Will Myers, obviously, leaving the Padres, going to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yesterday was kind of a sad day for me. Uh, Jeff Passan reported yesterday that the Padres met with Carlos Correa before signing Sandra Bogarts. The Padres, a report just came down by Robert Murray saying that the Padres are one of the many teams expressing interest in uh, Johnny Cueto. They're in the mix there, so that's good. And then I have a Christmas wish list for the Padres. What should the Padres want on their Christmas wish list? Not just Padres team additions or signings, but like for the 2023 season as well. Like What should they want? So there's a lot to cover. Um, Joseph, thank you. I see your comment there. What's up? Obviously, I, I think it's only right to start off with Will Myers heading to the Cincinnati Reds. In case you missed it, 
um, I, my reaction, it's out on YouTube, the video. I also made a tribute video to Will. Uh, it took me probably more than three hours to make that. Um, it was a sad day for me. Um, Will, he's been through all the ups and all the downs, just like all of you know the real diehard Padre fans have been. Um, 2015, he comes along with Will Middlebrooks and Derek Norris and Matt Kemp, Justin Upton and Craig Kimbrell, you know, later, like right before opening day, that ends up not working out. Will Myers ends up surviving the rebuild and he stays. He's the first baseman. He's the face of the franchise when they sign him to that extension. And then, you know, we end up learning that he, he doesn't want to be you know, the real face of the franchise and they bring in Hosmer. We know how that didn't work out. Um, by the way, he just got released by the Red Sox. Nobody wants him. Not a surprise there. So he stays with the team. They signed Manny and now he's more in the outfield. He dealt with some injuries as well, but they kept adding Tatis and Musgrove, Darvish, Snell, Hayter, Grisham, you just go down the line, Soto, and Myers was still on the roster. Made it through. 2022, he has a lesser role, right? He's a utility guy, a bench guy. Sometimes uh, I thought he was comfortable at first base. He looked more engaged at first base at the end of this season. And he played some games in the postseason. They make the postseason, clinch a postseason spot at home. I know it was a loss to the White Sox, but it was at home. And that was an emotional moment for me as well. I'm always going to remember uh, him walking off the field when they clinched that playoff spot and clapping to the fans. It just, it was a great, great moment there. All of the down years. And you finally, you know, you get to make the postseason and celebrate with the fans in the ballpark. Um, and then when the playoffs come, obviously, he makes some really good plays in the wild card series, then in the division series. Uh, he played some, he hit a home run against the Dodgers. Uh, but really what we remember from that division series was what he did after they beat the Dodgers, right? After they slayed the dragon and he, you know, is running around outside the parking garage, high-fiving fans. And then he goes into downtown and is buying beer for everyone. Just the way that he embraced the fans and really cared about the city of San Diego uh, these last couple years that uh, fans were allowed in the ballpark and you know around the team, it, it really showed. Um, and so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I think that's why Will was a fan favorite these last couple years that he was here. There were some times, well, there was actually a good amount of time early in his tenure where, or maybe not early, but kind of in the middle of his tenure when he was like the guy before we got Hosmer and he was supposed to be like the guy. He was the, you know, face, the, the guy hitting third or fourth in the lineup. And he'd strike out four times in a game, three times in a game. And Padre fans would boo him. And he knew that he wasn't performing up to expectations. He knew that Padres fans weren't huge fans of him at the time. But he kept working. He kept trying to get better in the offseason with, you know, mentally, mental skills coach and, uh, trying to continue to work on his swing and 
all of the hitting coaches that he had to go through with the Padres because it, it was just it, it was just a cycle. Like, okay, this guy's hired one year, Matt Stairs. Okay, now it's another coach, and now it's another coach, and now it's another coach. Uh, and he dealt so he dealt with that. Um, just for him, he didn't request a trade at all. You know, in this tenure, he always was accountable. Was always talking to the media, and he wasn't afraid to say, "Yeah, I need to be better." Or, uh, I haven't performed up to expectations. Uh, he was real, authentic, relatable. I think that's a big part of why he was a fan favorite. Um, you know, he. As we've learned from Maggie, uh, his wife, it, her Instagram, he was a big fan of Lolita's down the street at Pet, by Petco, uh, the Cali Burritos. I know fans got mad about his comments about North Carolina or East Coast Mexican food being better than West Coast, but uh, he owned that and he you know, started celebrating the San Diego Mexican food and California burritos. He even included that in his goodbye message today. So... Um, just relatable to the fans, cared about the fans, cared about trying to get better. He was willing to take on any role that the Padres wanted him to take on. Uh, he wasn't stubborn like someone else. And I think that's what made him a fan favorite. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to miss Will. He's one of my favorite Padres of all time. Um, I was one of those kids going to spring training and getting his autograph down the line, you know, when he was like the guy. Uh, I didn't just start rooting for this team a couple years ago or a few years ago and grew up on Tatis and Manny. Like, I am still growing up. I'm 19, but, like, Will was the guy, you know, through um, high school, freshman, sophomore year. Like, he was still the guy. Uh, I remember a time where... I was wearing batting gloves in high school and I, I stopped wearing batting gloves because I wanted to, to be like Will a little bit. And I know he's not, you know, at the talent of Manny Machado or anything like that, but he was still relatable. You could feel it's like, oh, this is like one of us. He felt, I said this in my reaction yesterday, it, it felt like he was one of us, especially here at the end. And, um, I just can't thank him enough for that. I cannot wait for May 1st, which is when the Cincinnati Reds return, or that's when Myers is going to return to Petco Park. That's when the Reds come here. They make their annual visit uh, to Petco Park, and I believe that's when Fernando's debut is going to be back at Petco Park. So um, there's going to be a lot of love given that those three days. I believe it's a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, I expect at least the first two games, because I believe the first two games are night games. Those two games will be sold out, hopefully. I sure hope so. Even if Will wasn't coming back, like the Padres are such a good team that you could make the case that it will be sold out, you know? Um, so I can't wait for him to get a huge ovation when he does return in May. Um, and when we talk about his play, sure, did he live up to the contract? Totally. No, I think he would admit that. And there were times where, yeah, he was a big disappointment. And the contract, when you look back at it, yeah, he probably was a disappointment. Would you rather have Trey Turner than Will Myers? Yeah, you probably would have. But we have Fernando Tatis Jr. We have Manny Machado. We have Xander Bogarts right now. We have Jake Cronenworth. Like, I've gotten past that. There was someone that posted the other day, what trade from the last decade would you take away? 
for me, it's not the Trey Turner deal because we have Tatis now. We have a Manny and Bogart. Like I just talked about, we have a lot of options. Kim, um, for me, it was the, the uh, not Corey Kluber, um, although that deal wasn't great either. It was the Max Fried deal where we traded for Justin Upton. You know, he was here, what, one year? And then I, didn't he go to Detroit, something like that? Uh, that's probably the one deal I would take away. I, I, I would not, I mean, if you had the choice, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have see what would have happened with Trey Turner on the Padres because he was a great player. But it's not like they traded for Hosmer. You know, they, they traded for a great human being, a, a guy that cared. So I'd rather have that, if that makes sense. Um, he had a 12.3 war, career war, according to baseball reference. With the Padres, he had a 5.6 war since 2018, according to baseball reference. Hosmer's war, including his time in Boston since 2018 when he signed with the Padres, 3.7. Again, Myers, 5.6 since 2018, the start of 2018. Hosmer, 3.7. So, no. Myers, yeah. Did he underperform? Yes. But he, he didn't suck with the Padres. OPS over 700. Every year, 700, uh, excuse me. Yeah, I already said that. Um, so I wanted to get that out of the way. Again, it's a one-year, $7.5 million deal with the Cincinnati Reds, a mutual option for 2024. But I'm not going to sit here and, and expect Will to be a Cincinnati Red in 2024. Um, they're increasing his money that he's going to get in 2023 from seven and a half million to nine and a half million dollars if he gets traded and i think will maybe sign that deal because he was like yeah if i perform good enough i'll get dealt i get more money and i get to go to a contender yeah sign me up i'm fine with playing in front of 700 800 people that's what it feels like in cincinnati for the first half of the season um so that you know that brings the question is a will myers reunion in the cards could that be in the cards before the trade deadline and my answer to that would be we'll have to see i think the padres will have interest in doing that if they need a bat if matt carpenter is hurt or he's not playing well or the bench is thin or in other injuries happen obviously you hope that they don't happen um, we don't even know what the roster for the rest of this offseason is going to, or we don't know what the roster is going to look like at the end of this offseason. So it's hard to answer that question of will Will be back for the Padres. I'd probably lean towards no, just because it would have to be via trade, and there's probably other teams that are going to be interested in Will. Uh, but I 100%, I guarantee you, some fans, I might be included. Some fans will be saying, hey, let's, how about Will Myers? Let's go get Will Myers before the trade deadline. We need another bat. Let's go get Will. We have a great team, a World Series contender. Let's go get Myers. This guy deserves to have a World Series ring. He deserves to be in that parade by Petco Park, going into Petco Park someday. You know, he, he deserves that. So, yeah, let's go trade for Will. I'll probably I will probably be one of those people. Um, maybe that's just me with my emotions. Probably it is, uh, but 
him as a bench bat, I don't think that would be the end of the world. Fast forward to before their trade deadline. Um, so we'll see what happens on that. I think there will be other teams interested. Another thing that we can take into account here on a possible Will Myers trade to the Padres before the trade deadline is that the Padres, they wouldn't be paying him seven and a half or nine and a half million dollars. They'd be paying half the contract because half the contract would have already been up. So I think that would be appealing to the Padres. And what's their payroll at right now? It's well above the 233 million. So it's not like they have to, they're trying to stay under the luxury tax or, you know, at the time of the 2023 deadline, they're not going to be saying, we have to stay under the $233 million luxury tax. We don't want to go over. Well, no, they've already gone over. You know, so we'll, we'll see what happens there uh, with Will and a possible deal to the Padres being traded back to the Padres. I, I do want to get to Will's message to us Padres fans and to the city of San Diego and what his wife said, but I did want to get to some of your comments here real quick. Joseph says, Will was one of us. El Gallo will be missed. Yeah, I agree with that. Irie says, I, I love Will Myers, huge fan, but bias aside, David Dahl and Matt Carpenter are just as injury prone, if not more. They can take a chance on them, but not the heart of the team. So Irie's one of the fans that wanted him back. I wanted Will back as well, but I, I did realize that the Padres probably didn't want to give him $7.5 million. They probably didn't want to even give him a possible second year on a deal. Uh, and once they signed Matt Carpenter, I didn't think Brandon Drury was going to come back. He ended up signing with the Angels that same night. And I thought that the odds of Myers returning probably weren't very large either. I thought they were slim. I was holding out hope, though, because I'm a big Will fan. Uh, and, you know, being a diehard Padres fan, I, I saw everything that he went through here. And uh, I thought, uh, I still think that he deserves a ring with the Padres. And hopefully he can come back at some point and do that on a trade or whatever. Uh, again, we'll see what happens down the line. Um, yeah, David Dahl, I don't think the Padres are banking on him being like this amazing you know, star outfield player or being even as good as Profar was this past season. I think they're hoping that he can bounce back and be a, a good bench piece. And then with Matt Carpenter, they're hoping that he can stay healthy, not foul a ball off his foot like he did this past season. Again, that, that Carpenter injury this past year when he was raking with the Yankees and doing super well and 15 home runs in like less than 50 games or whatever it was, um, that injury happened on a foul ball. That, that wasn't like a non-contact, oh, my hamstring hurts. Uh-oh, this is some worrisome or an elbow injury while he was throwing or something. No, it was just a foul ball and tough luck. So they're hoping that Matt can stay healthy and he can have another productive year. No one's expecting him to go hit 60 home runs, right? Be on the same pace that he, you know, keep that pace that he did with the Yankees this past season. But I think that the Padres are just expecting him to produce to some degree of what he did this past year with the Yankees when he was healthy. And they're expecting him to be a nice piece, like Will Myers. Uh, someone who is cheaper than Will, and but someone that can do similar things to him. But Carpenter's a lefty, Myers was a righty. They wanted to balance the lineup out a little more as well. 
because it was righty heavy before getting Carpenter. Um, so that's probably what played into that decision of getting Matt. Quan uh, asked about Lee Jung-Hoo, MVP from Korea, has, has asked to be posted and wants to come to Major League Baseball. Ha Sung Kim's teammate, any thoughts? I don't have any thoughts on him. Maybe I, I'll have it later, uh, but I've never heard of that guy. So that wouldn't be right for me to give thoughts on someone I, I don't know of. Um, yeah, Wolfpack here says first base isn't Votto retiring. No, he's not retiring. With the Reds, Myers, he said in his press conference yesterday with the media via Zoom that he's expecting to play majority of games in the outfield but he'll be willing to step in at first base if Joey needs a day off or whatever. Maybe he starts at first base to begin the season because Votto is recovering from surgery. Uh, he was out to end this past season. Um, so that's where I guess he'll play some first base, but it seems like he's mostly going to play the outfield. And yeah, Profar is still available. Yep. He has not signed with anyone. Conforto signed a deal earlier today, so he is one of the options off the board. We will get to other outfield options, but I just wanted to start off here with Will. And so I see a lot of comments about other things. So let me finish up with this Will conversation here. And then we will get to all of that stuff, obviously. So here was... This was Will Myers, his goodbye message today. He took a half page out of the San Diego Union Tribune, and this is what he said to San Diego and to Padres fans. To the Padres, their fans, and the city of San Diego, thanks for welcome, welcoming me into your home the past eight years. It has been an amazing ride, and there are so many people to thank in uniform, in the organization, and in the community. I was honored to represent you as an all-star at Petco Park. That was a pinnacle moment for me and my family, and none of us will ever forget the thrills of October 2022. I have a bar tab to prove it. The ovation you guys gave me to finish out the regular season is truly something I'll forever be grateful for. The Padres are a first-class franchise and have become one of the best in Major League Baseball, thanks to Peter Seidler. It was rewarding to see the organization transform during my time there, thanks to Peter, A.J. Preller, and the front office. I made some lasting friendships with teammates and people in the organization. We will never forget our time in San Diego and will always cherish it. The weather, the golf, Coronado, the California burritos, there are many things I'll need to come back for. I'll be looking forward to seeing you in May. Forever grateful, Will. So there was the letter, and you can look it up. Uh, at Talking Friars on social media or on Will Myers' social media pages on Instagram and Twitter. There's a difference between Will Myers, one of the Padres' former first basemen, and Eric Hosmer, one of the Padres' former first basemen. Will Myers is a guy that cared about the fans, cared about getting better, was willing to do whatever role the Padres assigned him to if it meant that the Padres were going to go win, if it gave the Padres a better chance to go win. Eric Hosmer, 
It's been almost five months since he was dealt. He was just released by the Red Sox. No thank you message to the Padres. No public message to any fans, San Diego, the organization, nothing. What does Eric do? He goes and blocks like every Padres fan imaginable on social media. Will, on the other hand, he pens a letter, takes time out of his day, pens a letter, puts it in the San Diego Union Tribune, pays for it to thank San Diego and the fans and be a classy human being. So don't wonder why people love Will Myers and people don't love Eric Hosmer. They don't like Eric Hosmer. Don't wonder why. There's a diff- It's not hard to take some time, thank the organization for giving you $144 million when other teams weren't even thinking about giving anywhere near that amount. Will made much less than that with the Padres. He still got paid. He's good for life, but he made much less. And he kept working his butt off, and he was willing to change positions to help this team. He wasn't stubborn. So there's a difference. And Will's wife, Maggie, I cannot say enough about what she has done these past couple days, these past few days, this whole season, during the postseason. Acknowledging Padres fans on social media. Ever since Will made this decision to sign with the Cincinnati Reds, Maggie has been looking at every single Padres fan's messages on social media, on Instagram. If you go look at her Instagram story, it's going to take you a long time to get through that thing because there are tons of Padres fans' posts that she puts up there. She's gone through everyone. And she put out a, a video montage this morning of Will uh, and herself in that as well and thanking San Diego. And she put together a message, a long message, for Padres fans, the city of San Diego, for security guards. Something that I didn't see Eric Hosmer's significant other do. So here's Maggie's message. Padres fans, you all know how to make some people feel loved. I have the most beautiful perspective of San Diego, and a huge reason for that is because of the warmth of this city, the fans, and the amazing families and folks that are and have been a part of the Padres organization. San Diego, to me, will always be the kindest fans. Ballpark food that is undoubtedly the best in baseball. Church attendees bringing Will slash Padres newspaper clippings on Sundays. Crisp post-game high fives. Sunsets that don't exist anywhere else. Military families who beyond the sacrifice they make took the time to get to know and care about me. Thoughtful neighbors who would drop by dinners and bring in our packages on road trips. The look on my loved ones' faces when they smell the seals in La Jolla for the first time. Security guards and front office staff who, despite spending holidays and weekends away, are always genuinely happy to see you. Tortillas I just can't replicate. San Diego is a city that showed some small-town folks from North Carolina lots of love, but more than anything, San Diego is a place that will always feel like home. 
I'm forever forever grateful for the incredible memories and getting to go on this roller coaster and share a few beers with such with such awesome folks. To every message or kind word sent our way, know I'm reading them all and just feeling so fortunate to get to share these memories with y'all. As for the future, if I know one thing's for sure, Will's going to be the same chicken tender loving Segway driving guy he was when he rolled into Petco in 2015. And that's what I love about him. Padres fans, it will be a gift getting to see all our old friends again in May. Here's to hoping Cincinnati has white queso. That's a long message. She didn't have to do that. Will didn't have to do that. But they did it. They took the time to care about the fan base, to care about the organization. They loved San Diego. They're classy people. That's why Will is always going to be a fan favorite. He might not have performed all the way up to his contract. He might not have hit 30 home runs every season that he was a Padre. He might have only made the All-Star game once and didn't do so great at the Home Run Derby. But you know what? San Diego, us Padres fans, I think we appreciate when people love us back. All the support we give them, they love us back. There's a big difference between one former first baseman from this Padres organization and another. That's all I uh, have to say about that one. Um, all right. So let's get to other Padres stuff. I probably have a tons more that I can say about Will, but I'm sure you guys are tired of that. I've been talking for almost a half hour about Will already to start off this. He's one of my favorite former Padres. He was here for eight years. You know? um, so hopefully you are okay with hearing me talk about Will there. Uh, again, my video montage tribute is up on this YouTube channel, Talking Friars. If you're listening on the podcast, I encourage you to go watch it. Some great memories, Dick Enberg on calls and Joe Buck with the All-Star Game and Don Arcillo and Mud screaming uh, during Will's cycle and the playoff home runs and him buying beers for fans. It's all in there. So I encourage you to go watch that. My reaction when the news happened yesterday is also up there. All right, let's get to... What Jeff Passan said yesterday, I was reading an article last night on ESPN. It was about Carlos Correa signing with the Mets after initially agreeing to a contract with the Giants. And it was kind of just an article of how it happened, what, it, what went into it. And a detail that I saw was that Jeff said the Padres met with Carlos Correa. Padres were among the many teams, I think the Phillies were in there, that met with Carlos Correa. And so I assume this was before the Padres seriously went, you know, all in on Xander after missing out on Trey Turner and Aaron Judge. Um, this is, I, I don't think we heard of, that the Padres had met with Correa before, right? Because I know, I asked Kevin Acey at the winter meetings that they had met with Xander, and, or if they had, and he said yes. We knew that they met with Trey Turner twice in person. But we didn't really know about their interest in Carlos Correa at all. Uh, I didn't even think that they really were interested in Carlos Correa. It, it felt like they were interested in Turner, Judge, and then Xander. Like that was that's what it was. Maybe Dansby if Xander signed somewhere else, but it didn't feel like they were very interested in Carlos and giving him over three hundred million dollars. Maybe they were concerned with injury history and stuff, uh, but they thought Xander was the the better clubhouse fit. 
he can move different positions, stuff like that. I know Carlos can as well. Uh, but I guess my thoughts on this, I would have been fine with Carlos Correa being a Padre. I would have been happy with it. But I do think that the Padres are going to end up being happy at the end of this Xander contract. It might not look pretty at the end, but I think they're going to get a very, very productive shortstop slash infielder for these first, what, five, six years? What is Xander, like 30 right now? Like They're, they're going to get a really good Xander Bogarts, I think. In San Diego, with the lineup that he has, and Manny hopefully stays for the rest of his career, and Soto's here for a while, and Tatis, and Crony. Like, that's a solid group there at the top of that lineup. And pitchers can't just go pitch around Xander. Now, they might want to pitch around Soto and Manny, so they, they'll go, they'll, they'd rather pitch to Xander, but that could be something good for the Padres. And Xander ends up having better numbers than a lot of people expect. There's some people that don't even expect Xander to hit like 15 home runs as a Padre because it's San Diego and the, it's not a hitter's ballpark. And he was just benefiting from Fenway Park and all that. I, I don't think that they realize that Xander, he, he's a complete hitter. He hits to all fields. Sure, his home runs are pull, but there's a lot of guys, most guys in the big leagues, their home runs are to the pull side. Um, but he, he's not afraid with a runner on third or a runner on second with two outs or whatever to just have a, hit a single to right field and drive in a run. Like, He's a complete hitter. Uh, he improved defensively this past season, so I think the Padres, they're going to be happy uh, getting Xander Bogarts. And yeah, I would, I would, that would have been great to have Carlos Correa as a Padre, but it's less money that they're spending on Xander. Maybe Xander ends up staying healthier than Carlos does with the Mets, and this is more money they can go spend on making sure Manny Machado's a Padre for the rest of his career. Or making sure Juan Soto's a Padre for the rest of his career. So we'll see what happens there. But Passon did mention that um, in his ESPN column yesterday. All right. Let's get to this Christmas wish list. I'll get to your comments. Don't worry. I will get to them, obviously, at the end. But I wanted to go through a Christmas wish list uh, for the Padres, what they should want this Christmas for the 2023 offseason, the rest of the offseason, 2022-2023 offseason, and the 2023 regular season and postseason. But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheese steaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. 
As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. All right, Christmas wish list time. Merry Christmas, everyone. We're a couple days away. So here's a wish list that I put together last night, not in any order of like importance, but just things that if I were the Padres, I'd be wishing for uh, this Christmas. So first one here, acquire a starting caliber outfielder. Profar's on the, on the market still. David Peralta's still on the market. Chad Pinder's still on the market. Tommy Pham's still out there. I don't know how interested they are in Tommy Pham. I know Preller likes him, but do you really want to bring Tommy Pham back after he was, didn't he threaten Padres fans this past season when he was with the Reds? Uh, so I, I don't think they're going to do that. But Profar's out there, Peralta, Pinder, there's some other options. Andrew McCutcheon, I'd be interested in having him as like the starting left fielder until Tatis comes in and have him be a fourth outfielder. I don't think that they want to have David Dahl out there in left field or Jose Azokar out there as the starting left fielder on opening day until Tatis comes back. Uh, so that is something that should be on their wish list. Another thing, acquire another starting pitcher. The Padres are interested in Johnny Cueto, according to Robert Murray. By the time you're watching this or listening to this, maybe Johnny Cueto signs somewhere. But as I'm talking right now, I think that would be a really good fit. This guy had like a three and a half war this past year for the White Sox. He was able to stay pretty healthy. I don't think that you should be expecting Johnny Cueto if he signs with the Padres to be Johnny Cueto of old, but I think the Padres need another veteran starting pitcher that can make starts. And they know that this starting pitcher that they get will be healthy and can be available because Seth Lugo, it's not a guarantee that he works out as a starter. And what if they want him in the bullpen? Do you want to rely on Morahone, who hasn't stayed healthy his whole career? You want to rely on Jay Groom who hasn't pitched in the big leagues before? Do you want to rely on Ryan Weathers? who sucked it up last year in AAA. I obviously hope he bounces back, but no, I don't want to rely on those guys. Pedro Avila? No thanks. That doesn't give me a ton of confidence as the five-starter. And it's not a guarantee that Snell stays healthy or Musgrove. I think Musgrove's going to stay healthy. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was doing backflips with weights in the pool the other day. I have that video up on my social media, or just go look up, I think, Joel Musgrove's Instagram. But it's not a guarantee that starting pitchers stay healthy, so they need another one, at least. Another veteran starter. Of all these out there still, I don't know how interested they are in, in Nathan Avaldi though, because of the two draft picks that are attached. And is he worth giving up two draft picks, or do you just want to go get someone like Johnny Cueto and you don't have to give up those draft picks, right? Bogarts, he was worth it. Right? You're, you're giving him a long-term deal. 
to paint him till he's, you know, 40. Okay, you'll give it the draft picks. But for Avaldi, is that worth it? I don't I don't know. I personally probably wouldn't do it. I mean, I'm not going to be like pissed off if they get Avaldi if they land him. But I uh at some point I think Preller's going to want to stop spending those or giving those picks away for guys that aren't elite talents. Like Avaldi right now, I don't think he's an elite pitcher. And uh if you think he's an elite pitcher, I guess let me know because I I disagree with that. Zach Grinke's out there, but it seems like he's going back to the Royals. Michael Walker is out there. Corey Kluber, I'd be interested in seeing him come to the Padres. Uh, he was with the Padres organization earlier in his career, obviously. Um, so those are just some options out there. Another item on the Padres Christmas wish list should be no setbacks in the Tatis rehab. I don't know if you guys saw this, but on social media, there was a video out of him dancing. I think this might have been in New York or something. Maybe it's in the Dominican. I don't know. But he doesn't have his cast on or doesn't have his brace or whatever it was on his left wrist so or left arm. So that is good news. Doesn't seem like there are any setbacks, but it is a long off season, and we know it's Fernando. So they're just hoping there's no setbacks. He can join the team in spring training. He can start playing some minor league games while the suspension is still happening. And then... He can come back on April 20th. I believe it's against the Diamondbacks. He can come back May 1st at home when Will comes back to San Diego, and it could be a absolute show at Peco Park on that day. That's what they're definitely hoping for. And it seems like Fernando's in constant uh, communication with the Padres front office, with the Padres. They probably have some people more closely keeping an eye on him than this past offseason. Um, and so obviously that's a good thing that you want to see there. Another item on the wish list, healthy seasons from Drew Pomerantz and Josh Hader. I could obviously say healthy seasons for every player on the roster, but these two guys in particular, because Pomerantz, he didn't pitch at all last year. He's stealing money from the Padres right now, right? If he's healthy, he can be a huge left-handed arm out of that bullpen. And now that bullpen's even deeper. Imagine if they have Lugo in the bullpen at the end of the year if he doesn't work out as a starting pitcher or the Padres just decide to move him to the bullpen. Yeah, Robert Suarez, Josh Hader, Drew Pomerantz, Luis Garcia, Seth Lugo. That's five relievers deep. We haven't even gotten to other relievers that could have a pretty solid impact on this team, like Adrian Morajone. I assume he'd be in the bullpen. Like Lopez, the Rule 5 guy they drafted. So if Hayter and Pomerantz can stay healthy, Pomerantz definitely and Hayter, I don't expect him to come back after 2023. So for him to just lay it all out there, but for him to stay healthy all year, and if you have a Josh Hayter like he was pitching at the end of this season, healthy all year long, I mean, watch out hitters in the ninth inning. Holy cow. Uh, he, he will be huge for the Padres. He will lead the league probably in saves. I mean, Edwin Diaz as well will be up there. But he might lead the league in saves for the Padres if he can stay healthy and he can pitch like he did at the end of this past season. So I hope, I'm hope i hoping the Padres are doing their best to make sure those two guys are healthy for 2023. Another thing on the wish list, Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez. Let's hope they perform 
as starting pitchers in the rotation. Because if they don't, maybe that's good for the bullpen because they can be impact guys for the bullpen. But then you have three starting pitchers, and we don't. I mean, Snell, he usually starts slow in the first half. Sure, Lugo and Martinez could pick, could piggyback some guys, but you're going to be having more home start games or you're going to be relying, putting a lot of pressure on him. I know at, at some point it's like, okay, we want we need Adrian Morahone to step up here. He's been with the organization, it feels like, for a decade. Uh, but at some point, we got you got to step up here, Adrian. But that's still putting a lot of pressure on a guy that has not been a consistent starting pitcher at all in his big league career. You're putting pressure on Jay Groom, who has not pitched in the big leagues before, or Ryan Weathers, who sucked last year in the minors. Um, so it's going to be huge for Lugo and Martinez, or it will be if they step up and perform as starting pitchers. I think Martinez will, for the most part. The bigger question mark for me is if Seth Lugo will step up, because he has not pitched as a starting pitcher consistently, and I'm not counting 2020, because that was like seven starts. But he has not performed since 2017 as a starting pitcher consistently. And he made 18 starts. Is that really consistently? Like, we want starting pitchers to be making 25 starts at least around that, right? He hasn't done that in his career. So that's a question mark. But wish list item there on the Christmas wish list, Martinez and Lugo, please perform as starting pitchers there at the back end of the rotation. Another thing, Manny extension. Get that done to prevent an opt-out after 2023. That might be even higher on the wish list than some of these things that I've already mentioned, just because of how, how huge Manny is for this organization. I think he should have won MVP in 2022. Everyone knows my thoughts on that. But what he can do, I mean, for the long term here, it seems like he wants to be back, but it is a risk letting him go into free agency and not getting a big deal done and giving him a deal he can't refuse because once it gets there, you know that a team is going to be desperate and give and offer him what the Padres offer Judge, offer him $414 million and pay him until he's like 44 or whatever they were trying to do there or thinking about doing. Now, Manny, if he gets there to free agency, maybe he does do what Judge did and say, no, uh, I'm a Padre. I, I want to be a Padre. I'm going to be named captain. I hope that's what they do. Uh, if they get this extension done with Manny and they can avoid this opt-out and, and keep him a Padre till he uh, retires, you know, through 40, 42, whatever he wants, pay that man, give him that contract. Maybe he does that, and he goes to free agency just to get more money from the Padres. We'll see, uh, but that's definitely on the wish list. I mean, I don't really have to go farther into that. I think we all know how important it is for the Padres to keep Manny because there are ripple effects if they don't. Yeah, sure, they'll probably be able to keep Soto then. Like, If they don't get Manny, then Seidler's going to go all in on Soto because you don't give up all that money, lose Manny to lose Soto as well. But Xander's going to go play third then. You have Tatis probably at short. Uh, what are you going to do in that outfield spot? And what are you going to do with Kim? You're just going to have him as a utility guy. Are you going to trade him? 
what happens if Grisham doesn't perform again this season? And you have Tatis have to move to the infield as well. You're not confident in Grisham. Now you have to fill multiple spots. So there, there is a ripple effect here if Manny does leave. I don't think he will, but that should be on their wish list definitely to get a contract rework, or contract rework done, uh, renegotiate, get an extension done, whatever it is. That should be on the wish list for the Padres. A bounce-back season for Trent Grisham should also be on the wish list. I just hit on him there. I mean, if he does perform, that's great for the Padres. They have their starting center fielder, one of the best eight, nine hitters in baseball, if that's where he hits, because of just how much talent is up at the top of the order. And if they want to trade him at the end of the season, after this season, or before the deadline, if they go bring in someone else, I don't know what their plans are. Obviously, we'll see what happens. But if he performs, then he has a higher value, right? If they trade him now, he's at his lowest value. Which I think teams still value Grish with his defense and his potential, but they could get more back if Grish ends up performing, obviously, right? I still don't, I still don't want to trade Grish. I want to keep him and because I believe in him still. We saw what he could do in the postseason, and I sure think that He's motivated to prove people wrong and prove doubters wrong. Some of them are Padres fans. Uh, that, like, some people are doubting him, saying that he, he he's not the starting center fielder. We need to trade this guy. He's going to want to prove those Padres fans and baseball fans in general wrong. So, uh, hopefully, he has a bounce back season. I'm definitely rooting for him. And another thing for the Padres, they're hoping that the Padres fans show up and. Of course, we're going to show up. I think we will, but what happens if if Padres fans don't show up as much as the Padres hope? Then they're probably losing money. But that's just what they hope for, like in the front office and Eric Gruppner and Seidler and stuff. But Seidler, I mean, he knows. Why do you think he spent on Bogarts and he's been spending all this money and bringing in this elite talent, you know, giving Preller the green light on all of these moves. Because he knows if they acquire the talent, he knows that fans are going to show up. And so, therefore, he will make the profit, right? It's one thing if you bring in a star player or whatever and no fans show up because the team sucks because that one player is not enough. One player is not enough to carry a team because it's baseball. But you have a collection of great players, hater, for one more year. Suarez, Martinez, Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Manny, Soto, Tatis, Cronenworth, keep going down the line. Bogey. Like, you have elite talent all around the team. This is like a super team. So fans are going to show up, but they still probably want to put that on their wish list because if they don't show up, then they'd probably lose money in that front office. Uh, but Seidler, he's probably willing to lose that money because he could gain it back in the postseason. And if they win a World Series, then I don't think he cares because he's trying to do something that's never been done in this city, and that is win a World Series for the Padres organization. So those are the, item, the items that I have on the Padres' wish list. Let me know if I missed any of them. I probably did. Or if you have any items, maybe you didn't think I missed an item, but if you had a wish list, you'd put this on there or you'd add it to the list. Uh, I'll read through the comments and, and get to that. Another thing I wanted to uh, to touch on, Shamanaya 
I did a video on this. This was a couple days ago, but he admitted that he was lazy for the Padres in 2022, and that kind of lit a fire underneath him. That, you know, he realized I can't be lazy if I want to continue pitching in the big leagues. He said something to that effect. Uh, from, uh, according to Alex Pavlovich or whatever, he covers the Giants for NBC Sports Bay Area, I think. Hopefully I got that right. Um, that was disappointing to hear because we were relying on Sean this past season and he was pitching in the NLCS in game four, obviously, and Bomell put him out there for a second inning. And I'm not saying he wasn't focused then or he was being lazy in that outing, but things stack up. If you're lazy with your diet, and according to him, that's what he was a little bit there at times and lazy with preparation, then it can catch up to you. And eating good for one week, that's not going to change uh, you know, your body or how you feel immediately, right? Like It takes time. I'm not saying he was eating like crap the whole season, but if you're a professional athlete making millions of dollars and us fans that we don't make millions of dollars, we're sitting here, we're paying money uh, and spending a ton of time following this team and investing in this team and you're sitting there not giving your full effort, I'm sorry, that's not a good look. And fans have the right to be pissed off and disappointed. They just do. So, my full reaction to that and more information on that and quotes from Sean, you can find that on the Talking Friars YouTube channel. Uh, but I did just want to hit on that for the podcast audience in case you did not hear that. Sean did admit that he was lazy and a little bit lackadaisical this past season. Uh, Trevor Bauer was reinstated from or by Major League Baseball, or not by Major League Baseball, but by the ruler, the arbitrator, or whatever. The thing, the bottom line here with Trevor is he is back. He is allowed to pitch in Major League Baseball in 2023. His suspension was reduced. From over 300 games to 194, he's already served it. And so the Dodgers can have him on the roster if they want to. They have until January 6th to either put him back on the roster or release him. If they release him, another team can pick him up, obviously, and pay him the minimum salary. The Dodgers, they are on the hook for over $30 million, I believe, is what it is this year for Trevor Bauer. So they are just under that $233 million number. Now we know why they weren't spending. They were waiting for this Bauer decision. And it looks like they are just under that number. Maybe they'll make trades to you know get some salary relief or whatever, but they're going to be paying Trevor Bauer regardless of if he's on the roster or not. And they wanted to stay under that number, so they weren't spending this offseason. Should the Dodgers bring him back? No. They have a good enough pitching staff. Bueller's coming back at some point in the season. They have Kershaw, Arias, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, Noah Syndergaard. Like, they're, they're good there. You don't need that distraction if you're the Dodgers. Should the Padres sign him? Definitely not. The person that accused him of this sexual assault and punching uh, this woman during sex and choking her and stuff, I believe she was a member of the Padres pod squad, and she was a San Diegan. So bringing him in would be a PR disaster. It would be terrible. 
And the Padres don't need that distraction in their clubhouse. They already have Tatis coming back from PEDs. There's already going to be enough attention around that storyline. There's already going to be enough attention around the Padres storyline of having all of this talent on the team. They've already made starting pitching additions. They do have depth options. I'd rather have Adrian Morahone on the mound or Ryan Weathers, who sucked in the minors this past season, than Trevor Bauer. Call me an idiot for saying that. Maybe I'm an idiot if you're looking at it from the baseball point of view. But I'm looking at it from the human point of view. I don't want that human being pitching for my baseball team if I'm Peter Seidler. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about it. Not even thinking about it. Will another team pick him up? Maybe. Maybe. But it's not going to be the Padres. No, no, no. Not going to be the Padres. You think Joe Musgrove's going to want that guy in the clubhouse? You think Manny Machado would want that guy in the clubhouse? I don't think so. It's not happening. He's not coming to the Padres. We'd, I saw that some of that discussion on Twitter last night when he got when that announcement was made. Not happening. He is not coming to the Padres. All right. Let me get to the chat here. Just gave my take on Trevor Bauer, Wolfpack. I saw that in the comments. Joe says, is Corbin Burns a free agent next year? No. He has, I believe, two more years of control. Yeah, Mills says here, Will said in his interview that he loved San Diego but wanted to be closer to home. I think that's part of it, but I think it was also the Padres didn't want to give him that much money for that one year. And they already brought in, they already brought in Matt Carpenter. Great Friends says, name five Will Myers moments that led to a win. So I'm guessing you're not a fan of Will? Well, sure, I, I can name five. It's pretty easy. You want me to start now? I'll start. Uh, let's go, let's start recently, okay? Those Mets games with Musgrove on the mound, when Myers made those great plays down the line, when Musgrove was still pitching, those plays saved games. That, that led to a win. Will Myers playing first base in the postseason. So there you go. Do you want to count that as one game? We can count that as one game, I guess. There are countless games with Will Myers homering that ended up in wins. Uh, I remember his home run against Mad Bum on opening day. Was that 2019, 2018? I think it was 2019. Uh, he homered to right center. That ended up, I believe, in a win. He had the walk-off that Sunday game when they were still wearing those blue camo uniforms that scored Manny. That's a win. He had the walk-off home run against the Mariners, that big comeback win in 2020. That was a win. He had those two home runs in the wild card game against the Cardinals in 2020, two home run game. Him and Tatis had two home runs in those games. That led to a win. How many am I at? Is that five right there? I can name more. But if you want me to name five, I guess there you go. 
I know you're probably being sarcastic there, but he did help the Padres. Like people saying that he sucked, he didn't suck with the Padres. He didn't live up to his contract totally. I understand that, but he he didn't suck with the Padres. Mills says any Padres fan that doesn't want Bauer is nuts. Well, if I look at it from the baseball point of view, because that's probably what you're looking at it from, I understand that he has not pitched in the big leagues for a, for a while. And that's my baseball reason as to why I wouldn't bring him in. I'd rather bring in someone that pitched in the big leagues this past year, like Johnny Cueto, than bring in Trevor Bauer. And from the baseball point of view, you're probably looking at it from hey, this guy was a great pitcher before all this happened. Let's bring him in. That would be great for the Padres. That would improve their chances of winning. I already believe in this current group of players. Like, I want them to add a starting pitcher, but they already have the great starting pitchers on the roster that will help them in the postseason. Trevor Bauer is not a guarantee to pitch as well as Joe Musgrove or Blake Snell or you, Darvish. Or even Nick Martinez. We don't know what he's going to do. So I'm not going to have that headache in the clubhouse, have him vlogging in the clubhouse and all that. Just create more drama and more unneeded uh, attention, I guess you could say, on the Padres than what's already going to be on the Padres this coming season. I don't want him. That, that's, that's my opinion on it. Ace says, do you have a job? Yes, I have a, yes. I get paid a little bit to do this. I'm on school break right now. <laughs> do I have a job? This is my passion. Like, even if I didn't get paid to do this, I'd still be doing it. M. Garza says, Hosmer is what he is, a douchebag. You said it, I didn't, but I, I kind of agree there. Yeah. Was anyone surprised about the Manaya news? Uh, yes, I was, I was surprised that he would just go admit that. I guess you have to give props to him for admitting it, but it's a it's a really, really bad look. And for him to go get twelve million, what, twelve million a year? That's what it was from the Giants, something like that. After admitting that he was lazy this past season. Wow. I guess I was surprised. Maybe the Giants didn't know about that. And they're like, they're watching the press conference at the same time and they're like, wait, what? We just signed this guy this? To this deal. But yeah, when someone admits, yeah, I was lazy this past season for a team that was a post a World Series contender, yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, Mike says, to be a fan of the Giants right now and to know we just acquired a player who is admitting how lazy he was, celebrate that. Yeah, their offseason has been wild. I mean, today they brought in Conforto. I, I know Giants fans... They're not, they're not happy about that. I mean, they're disappointed. 
sure, it's like, okay, we got Conforto, but he's coming off shoulder surgery, right? Or the shoulder injury. He was out all of last year. And Giants, the Giants fans were expecting Aaron Judge or Arson Judge. They were expecting Carlos Correa because the deal was done. And then the Giants say, nah, we don't like this ankle thing we're seeing here. That was from years and years and years ago. That has not crept back up since. The Twins offered him $285 million for like 10 years. And they know him best out of any team in baseball because they, he, he was on that team this past season. And they still gave him the money. So that should have been an indicator to the Giants that like, no, this guy's healthy. If he wasn't healthy, the Twins wouldn't have gone all in on him. But they did. That's all in for the, the Twins standards. So yeah, Giants fans should be pissed off. So they go from Aaron Judge to getting Carlos Correa to uh, we have our, our additions are Mitch Hanniger, M- Michael Conforto, Sean Manaya, and Ross Stripling. Maybe they'll be fighting for like the last wild card spot if a bunch of these teams above them don't stay healthy. But yeah, Giants fans, uh, it sucks to be you guys, I guess. But you did have three World Series titles in like six, seven years this past decade, right? So, or past like 12 years, so 13 years. So I think you'll live. Yeah, Evaldi's still available. Has the qualifying offer attached, though? No, no news on Johnny Cueto to the Padres. It was just that the Padres are interested in him. That's, that's what it was. Yeah, just check Twitter. Uh, I don't see any, any uh, update on that. Winning tennis says Bauer is not the guy we want. Yeah, I agree. How about Pablo Lopez? I'd be interested in him, but I think the Padres would have to give up a lot. I don't know what the Marlins want for Pablo Lopez, but it seems like they, they're they definitely willing to trade him. They have interest in Cueto as well. I think they're, they want Cueto as like Lopez's replacement. So if they deal Lopez, they sign Cueto just to come into the rotation. And they get back stuff. So they probably view that as a win. Lopez, I believe, has two years left on his contract. Uh, Yeah, that would make the Padres rotation better. But what would they be giving up for that? Would they be giving up Grisham and Kim? I don't think that would cost them Merrill. Lopez is not on, like, Brian Reynolds' level or Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff's level. But he's still a really impact pitcher. Pablo Lopez for Campy, Kim, and Lesko. I don't know. Would the Padres pull the trigger on that? Would the Marlins pull the trigger on that? I don't know. I mean, Campy and Kim, I think they'd probably like. But with Lesko, he is coming off Tommy Johnny. I don't think he's pitched yet for the Padres in the organization at all. So they'd be taking a big risk there to be trading Lopez and the big guy back is Lesko. We'll see. Uh, if if I was AJ, would I take that risk? I mean, we're trying to go all in right now, so I'd probably lean towards yes. But they did just draft him. AJ, 
he usually drafts guys and then he waits a year, two years to see what they are. Build up that stock even more and then deal them. I don't know how much stock he probably has a lot of stock because he's young and all that, but he is coming off the surgery uh, as a high schooler. So that, that would be a risk for the Marlins. Yeah, Wolfpack, yeah. Conforto has not played since, I think, 2021. Yeah, he just signed a two-year deal with the San Francisco Giants today. Taylor Rogers signed with the Giants three years, 33 mil. Yeah, 2021, Conforto hit 232. He had an OPS plus of exactly 100. League average is 100. Um, One-time All-Star way back in 2017. The Giants had to make a move. I mean, you miss on Judge, or not miss, but he just wanted to go to the Yankees. You definitely messed up with Correa. You had to get something. But Giants fans, they're probably like, all right, that's fine. But, I mean, I'd rather have Conforto than no one. But we were promised Correa, and now we don't have him. Like, this offseason's a failure, probably, I would think, if you go ask Giants fans, regardless of what the offseason at the end looks like going into spring training. It's, it's a failure based on the expectations that that front office had and put on themselves, really. I mean, Farhan Zaidi, he said at one point, I think at the GM meetings earlier this offseason, like no player financially is out of our reach. And uh, they let an injury from like before Correa reached the big leagues, they let that take them off an already agreed upon $350 million 13-year agreement. Yikes. Joe asks, what do the Padres got to give up for Luis Arise? Uh, the Twins, according to reports, they want controllable starting pitching. I, I don't think the Padres are the best fit for Luis Arise for that. Who's, what's the controllable pitching the Padres have? They're going to give up Lesko for Luis Arise? I don't think so. Uh, they're going to give up Ryan Weathers? I mean, I'd give up him, but are the Twins interested in that? It definitely wouldn't be a straight-up deal. Darvish is not controllable, and they wouldn't trade him. They're trying to win right now. So you got to balance trying to win right now with these trades here. Uh, well, not balance it. They're not balancing it right now. They're, they're if you have a seesaw and winning is my elbow way up, right? It's way up on They're They're not trying to balance the seesaw here. Like they're trying to win. Um, but do the twins want that? They want controllable pitching. Padres aren't trading one, anyone in their rotation and they don't have a great starting pitching farm system. So it would probably, it feels like it would have to be like a three team deal for that to happen. Gil says, the only one they're not trading is Ethan Salas, um, Preller's crown jewel. But yeah, I don't see them trading Lesko either. Everyone else is fair game. Well, Salas, here's the thing with him. I don't even think he's in the organization. I think he's he verbally agreed to sign with the Padres. 
for like the five plus million, the signing bonus or whatever it was. So he's not in the organization, so they can't they can't even trade him. I think it's sometime in January is when he can actually sign. Like the international signing period starts. Um, but I agree, Gil. I, I don't see them trading Lesko either. I think it's like they, they want to see him pitch in the organization. They did just draft him in the first round. And at some point, you want young, controllable starters to be in the rotation, right? So you can go spend elsewhere. Or if you don't spend elsewhere, you know you're going to have bigger contracts anyway on the team. So at some point, uh, I don't think they're going to just continue trading their young, great starting pitching. At some point, you got to have them in the fit, in the system and develop them and have them actually impact you for multiple seasons at the big league level. Irie says, if the Dodgers go for Brian Reynolds, we can't let that happen, especially AJ. Uh, AJ likes Brian Reynolds. Keep the Dodgers down just this one year at least, LOL. I don't think it would be smart for AJ to go acquire Brian Reynolds so that the Dodgers don't get him. Like the Padres, they already have a great team right now. You don't want to be trading, making a trade for someone you don't really love. If you love Brian Reynolds, okay. But if you don't love him and you're just making the deal so the Dodgers don't get him, that's not smart. That's probably going to backfire. And the Pirates, like I've said for a while now, that they're asking for a ton in this Brian Reynolds discussions, or if they're even having discussions. I think they're having some discussions with the Yankees. I saw a report about that the other day. I think it was from John Morosi of MLB Network. So they're having discussions, but some, some uh, person in baseball, I think, told Ken Rosenthal this past week, or couple, last couple weeks sometime, in the last couple weeks, that they're asking for a Soto-like package for Brian Reynolds. That the Padres shouldn't even touch that. Do they? And they don't even have that in the system anymore because they did that for Soto. All right, I think that's going to do it here. Episode three hundred and eight of Talking Friars. Thank you so much for tuning in here. Will Johnny Cueto be a Padre? Who knows? Thank you so much for listening and sharing uh, some Will memories. Um, it's still kind of sad that he's not a Padre, but maybe he'll be a Padre down the road. I, I, all I know is I can't wait till May 1st to see him back at Petco Park uh, and see him get that standing ovation that he deserves for being a great human, someone who cared about San Diego, and yeah, that's all I have. All right. Thanks for so much for uh, watching and listening to this episode. Ben Fan signing off. See you, everybody. Go Padres.